Hi, and welcome to the inaugural episode of What in the Wide World of Cinema. I'm your host, Anastasia, and my co-host is Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello. (laughs) Guys, this podcast is all about weird cinema. Some bad, some good, some somewhere in between in a parallel universe. But that's what we're about here. I'm all about the weird and all about the cinema. And I'm here to discover all of it. Absolutely. There have been some that we... we, Okay. (laughs) When we were setting up thinking like, hey, what movie should we cover? I sent her a list of all these ones that I wanted to cover. And she sent me a list of all the ones that she wanted to cover. And there was a lot of overlap. Oh, so much. (laughs) So much overlap. But... There were some, you know, things that some of us, you know, some of the ones that she sent me that I hadn't seen and some of the ones that I sent her that she hadn't seen. So we'll be doing a little bit of discovery together and a lot of revisiting weird shit from the past uh, for the rest of it. Gotta love that weird shit from the past. Absolutely. Speaking of weird shit from the past, today's episode is weird shit from the past for me and brand new for Kate's eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that is 2006's Taxidermia from Hungary. Oh, boy, guys. This one's fucking weird. (laughs) So I, my whole brain the whole time was like, how have I not seen this movie before? How has no one told me about this before? I don't know. Thank you for introducing it to me. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) So, I came, I was telling you this before we started recording, but I came to this movie through the Reddit Horror Club, which is something I've definitely talked about way more than once on my other podcasts, because I've covered a fair amount of films on both podcasts that I had originally seen with the Reddit Horror Club. So, um... Yeah, they definitely brought me to some films that I had never seen before. This is totally one of them. I don't know if I would have seen it without them. Maybe. I don't know. But they were tremendous uh, in helping me find some really weird shit. (laughs) So Taxidermia! Kate, this movie is full of strangely beautiful imagery, wouldn't you say? I'm obsessed with all of the imagery in it. Like, I I can't get over... The transitions and scenes and like how they would move from you know one character to the next character I was just blown away it was beautiful right and and this is a surrealist comedy horror drama it's it's almost an indefinable film because there's yes. so many different elements of things in it there's Lots of grotesque imagery, but this film also manages to sort of lightly tell you the history of Hungary behind three generations of fuck-up humans. Right? Is that a fair assumption to call their family that? (laughs) I'd say it's the closest way to say it nicely. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, it's an interesting history of uh, three males, three generations of males from one lineage. Some of it is questionable if they're, you know, um, we'll get into it. (laughs) 
Um, so this film was directed by G Y O with the umlau R G Y P A L F I. And I would say it was the circumflex, but it's not because that's French and this is the Hungarian language. But it's like that. I'm like trying to put it together in my head and my brain's like, don't even bother trying. You're going to butcher it. Yeah, because my English brain just wants to call it Georgi, which I feel like is is butchering it. Georgi. Sure. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to butcher it too bad. <laughs> I mean, I've done it before because I've covered world cinema all over and we've rec- we've covered several Asian films from different countries. And it's like, look, I'm sorry, guys. I just do my best here. <laughs> if I hear it, maybe I could try, but I'd rather have someone who knows how to pronounce it say it to me first. <laughs> right. And I didn't hear it anywhere. And I should have just like gotten someone to say just the first name and the last name with like on Google Translate or something, but oh well. Anyway, like I was saying earlier, it's sort of a retelling of Hungary's history from the Second World War to the present day through, well, present day being 2006 at the time. So, you know, 17 years ago at this point, I hate saying that because that's when I was in high school. That hurts. That hurts. So it was based off some short stories by Lajos Partin... Nagi? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, but it's based off of his short stories, and then it was made into this just surreal masterpiece. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I just, I, I'm still reeling in it. It's beautifully grotesque, I think, is a great way to describe it. And that's how I like to live life. Right, right. <laughs> so... The first, I guess we could call him the beginning patriarch of the family, uh, sort of. The forefather, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. So he's like a lowly military orderly in the Hungarian army. And he is, yeah, I mean, he can just only be described as a, 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 frust- a sexually frustrated horny toad, right? Yes. Because, yes. look, no kink shaming, but he's got some weird sexual predilections and don't think uh, i'll ever look at a candle the same way nor should you that 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 scene's been frozen in my mind for 11 years now every time i close my eyes i see it i can see it right now i'm not sure if it's (laughs) thing or bad (laughs) we'll get into that scene in a minute but but uh yeah you know his by the way his name is Morisgiani <laughs> Vendel Morisgiani Morisgiani I, re- I know I repeated it a couple times when they'd say it. I'd be like Morisgiani Morisgiani yes Morisgiani Morisgiani <laughs> yes they said it a lot um, because he's being ordered around by his um, not general but lieutenant yeah he's a lieutenant yeah so he's been. Yeah, he literally lives underneath this guy's boot. <laughs> lives in, I mean, he lives in an unheated shack next to this man's house. Doesn't even get to sleep inside. With his pig. With I'm the pig. I'm pretty sure he's pig. living in the pig shack, yeah. Yeah, he lives in the pig shack that's unheated and fucking hungry, which is not known for being a warm country. Um, And it's definitely, like, snowy winter during this portion of the film basically at first oh yeah 
Uh, yeah, so that's super fun for him. His lieutenant is Balatoni Kalman, who he basically just gets him to do all the menial Charlie he work. This bitch. Yes, I was going to call it Charlie work if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, he's cleaning up shit, he's running bath water, he's feeding the pigs. Killing rats. Killing rats, yeah, he's, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't see him kill any rats, but that's what Charlie does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does, though, I don't I mean, know. probably. I see it in the film. Probably, and probably. He gets in trouble for for being a peeping Tom. He likes to peep in on the lieutenant's daughters while they bathe. So we get we get a few scenes of like you know sexual depravity or depravity well i was just going to say some like almost tasteful just like half wet boob here what like little just snippet of what he can see through the crack in the wall from outside a little bit of nip here a little bit of boob here I definitely uh, thought of Porky's during those scenes. <laughs> that is completely fair. You know, those 80s sex comedies, they really, you know, it was just a really different time. Because you look at it back and watch the, a lot of those now and you're like, man, that nerd that's from a, Revenge of the Nerds straight up raped that chick. That is a, that's, that's just sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, <laughs> man, times have changed. Times yep. have changed. Some for anyway, better, some for worse. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, anyway, Morbsgiani definitely has a wild imagination, and I think that that helps him survive his terrible life. Because there's a scene where he opens up a picture book of the little matchstick girl, and it's a pop-up book, too, by the way. And then he imagines himself talking to the little girl and, like, being this like way more cool person than he actually is <laughs> yeah and like i was like where's this gonna go he's yeah, uh, he's got that this, imagination that <laughs> seems creepy but it, it ends up being it ends up being fine but i mean honestly so this just escalates to they cook a pig at one point and then you also see him um, there's just so many just scenes that you're not sure. You're almost positive that it's just his, his imagination. And then speeding it up, because this is actually not a very big part of the story, um, but we do see him, like, basically masturbating with a candle, and he sends a f- shooting flame. It's like if It's like if you had... Okay, so if you've seen Scary Movie, that scene where he just, like, ex- where where she explodes like so much um vaginal fluid that he gets like shot into the ceiling it's like that but with fire out of his penis kind of it's oddly exciting looking (laughs) but also i I, I almost want to get a print of it for my bathroom dude i think you probably could i'm sure you could be a conversation piece for sure It would certainly be a conversation piece. I might get a picture of uh, the little kid from Gummo eating spaghetti in the bathtub. I actually think taking a photo of that and making it my profile picture on Facebook, like right. doing my own spaghetti bath. Oh my god, that would be incredible. I I gotta convince Dale to do it though, because that like only like three people will get it, and that's you and and like two other people. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, but you know, cool people have seen Gummo. <laughs> exactly. We're definitely going to cover that at some point, but we digress. <laughs> Let's get back to Texas. Cats the whole time. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I think about that during this movie, too. We'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some, there's some not cool stuff happening with Cats later. But that's not what's happening right now. Dear God. So more of Scani decides, hey, you know, it'd be a great idea if I fucked my boss's wife. I had a lot of moments with, did he actually or was it just the pig? See, I was thinking that myself, but the fact that she has a kid not long after he's murdered. Spoiler alert. Um, he gets shot after he gets caught fucking the the pig corpse and before he can even say much more than yes lieutenant and pull up his pants the lieutenant has shot him in the head now in the scene before that we see him it's like intercut shots of him fucking the wife and then what looks like just the pig and you're wondering, was he remembering fucking the wife while he was fucking the pig? Or what exactly is going on there? But given the fact that she does produce a child, that the father definitely doesn't immediately look or treat like it's his, but then just ultimately is like, I'm going to raise it. I take it to mean that it is his kid and not the lieutenant's kid. Also, the little added extra of the piggy tail did make me giggle. That's true. Weird thing, but yes, um, the child has a pigtail, and I don't mean in in his hair. And a literal pig's tail. A literal little pigtail, and the lieutenant goes and gets like I'm not sure what you call that that device. It's definitely a farm tool. I think it's for like shaving hooves, but I'm I, I'm not a farmer, nor was I raised near a farm, so I'm not sure. No, me neither. There's clippers of some sort. Yeah, clippers of some sort and just snips the tail off and then, uh, you know, kind of like closes it off and then just gives him a good smack and it's like, all right, this is my son now. <laughs> and then there's this beautiful transition to the son's adulthood and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, you see him like leaning over and because he's a heavier set gentleman, um, his pants are a little low, like the plumber situation, and you can see the little scar from where the pigtail was. And that's yeah. how you know it's for sure him. <laughs> and he becomes a champion eater. He is a speed eater, a champion speed eater. And we see him and a bunch of other competitive eaters speed eating of all goddamn things soup out of like these sink looking troughs it's really not appetizing i don't like soup really to begin with it just reminds me of being sick because it's the only time i eat soup really so i'm not a big fan i was just disgusted watching pretty much the whole speed eating eater sequence is really gross <laughs> i can handle everything else in the movie but it's literally the sound of the soup or the spoons clinking against the sinks and them like just Horking that soup back like you can see like chunks of carrot and it's like one of these guys are gonna choke oh my god right and then the fact that they go they almost immediately after the thing is over they just go and lean their heads on this big rubber band thing and start spontaneously puking out everything they just ate basically i'm sorry last i checked bulimia wasn't a sport am i wrong it's sanctioned bulimia we, we could make it a sport I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
but right it really it really is like encouraged sanctioned bulimia that they're doing to these people essentially yeah because i was like wait zero the calories but twice the flavor they're binge oh my God. they're binge eating in front of people as you know entertainment and then puking their guts up immediately after i'm not gonna lie though i would sit around to watch that i mean I, as long as, I mean, well, uh, maybe the smell might hit me, and that's where I sympathy vomit is the smell, so then I'd probably end up vomiting, too. It uh, wouldn't be good. The smell so of maybe vomit. I wouldn't stick around. The smell of vomit is, like, the fucking worst. I mean, it's 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 up there with the smell of death for me. <laughs> it's, it's a bad smell. The smell of death isn't horrible to me, but I haven't smelled a body that's been, like, out in the out in the fields for a couple of days <laughs> dude one summer when i was living with my sister out in the country because she moved out in the middle of nowhere and dude a cow died out in like one of someone's like far acre that they don't get around to that often or something and that cow rotted in the over 100 degree mississippi sun for at least a week you could smell it for miles Oh, yeah, I know. The closest I've gotten to is, like, a possum that got hit by a train and then sat there for a week, and I was still, like, upwind from it, so I didn't smell it. Yeah, that there's... Mm, I'll never forget that smell. It, you usually don't. You nope. usually don't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scarring smell. So... <laughs> So anyway, bulimia aside, he's a competitive eater, and he's got, like, a coach that's, like, that reminds me of the coach from Rocky, kind of, like, giving him pep talks and telling him he's the best and everyone's gonna know his name and shit. It's kind of (laughs) great. And he's also, without even meeting her yet, he just sees this woman that he knows is a competitive eater for the women's division, and she's, like, cheering other people on, including him in the crowd, and he's, like, telling this other guy next to him that's on his team, ah, uh, bro, it's going to be my wife. I'm going to marry her. And he's and like, the other, don't even know her. Yeah, and he's, like, and then they're, they're basically, like, all right, whoever wins gets to marry her. Okay, how about she has a choice, fellas, but whatever. I and think then, it's the 60s at this point, so women's rights don't matter still, you know. <laughs> it's also hungry, so I don't really know how women's rights are over there, to be honest. And it's, it's, and by the way, this is like the height of communism in Hungary. Big old red scare. Oh, no, 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 no scare. They're communists. <laughs> They're calling yes. everyone, they're calling everyone comrade there. And I'm like, my dad, what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> your dad's name is Conrad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're just, you know, living up that, that Soviet lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yo, there's some, we see some stuff about his childhood. He was literally put in a warehouse to learn how to competitive eat when he was like eight. And yeah, maybe younger. And he, they were eating, ah, I looked up the, what it was. Oh, it was semolina pudding with That's cocoa it. powder on top. Yes, semolina pudding. I was trying to remember how to say semolina. I was going to say Somalian almost. <laughs> Semolina pudding, which basically is just like a wheat a wheat pudding. Yeah, like cream of wheat, I think, right? Kind of, but a little more yeah. finely ground uh, to where it has more of a pudding consistency. I'd still eat it. I mean, I'd probably eat it. I like cream of wheat. Whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, cocoa powder on top sounds nice, too. 
but not if I'm eating it from a trough like a pig with a bunch of other people. Yeah, no, that that just feels degrading. That's dehumanizing, absolutely. <laughs> but these people are fucking thrilled to be doing this, by the way. They're all honor. very, they're very on board, yes. It, it doesn't feel demeaning to them. It's an honor, which is so interesting. But yeah, so, you know, we, we see chip clips from his childhood of doing that and, you know, learning to be a speed eater or whatever. And then we're at what I assume to be, I mean, yeah, his wedding, right? We're at his wedding, and he is marrying the woman he said he was going to marry. But I don't know if this, okay, I don't know enough about Hungarian. I I feel like it might have been a cultural thing where, like, you know, someone steals the bride, and then, you know, the groom has to do, like, tasks. Like, it almost felt like it was a cultural thing for Hungarian weddings, but do not quote me on it, because that's how I perceived it. That's also that. that's also how I perceived it. Um, I'm I meant to do some research about it, but I didn't. If I tell you we what, both. I'll tell you what. I'll do some research and I'll tell you guys about it on the next episode. Yeah, we'll both learn something new. Yeah, we'll all learn something new. Uh, <laughs> so after, but this is the thing though. When when the guy who stole the bride, by the way, is the one who was like, you know, the winner gets her. Just so you know. And then the bride and him drunkenly fuck outside while her new husband sings to go uh, win her back or whatever. Yeah. Because he's not allowed to leave the building until he finishes, like, certain tasks by the other guests. So that's why I'm like, is this just a cultural thing? And then, you know, the other guy starts confessing his love to his new bride. And he's then like, we can... next thing you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and the other guy's like, run away with me. We can run away to Norway together. <laughs> Honestly, he had me at Norway. I don't lie. Right? <laughs> right? I just want to go to Svalbard. Svalbard... Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with Svalbard. Nobody understands why I'm so obsessed with Svalbard. But I will go there. That's my top of my bucket list. I'll go with you. Let's start saving now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If someone would willingly go with me, that's fine. (laughs) Because I feel like I'd be dragging Mark there. He's like, what are we going to do? I drink. I drink, Dale, so that's okay. (laughs) That's fair. I try not to drag him too many places because, like, I don't want, I don't like to be dragged places, you know? I'm okay with being dragged places as long as they're fun. <laughs> That's fair. Let's save up for that Svalbard look vacation. <laughs> I'm okay with that. We're going to stay in that ice hotel and we're going to go look at the seed bank and polar bears and reindeer and drink a lot of vodka and probably some borscht or something. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Norway. I'm not eating any of that fermented shark, though. Yeah, no. I'm okay. I like sharks too much to do that to them. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the ones that are fermented in the ground have been dead for a very long time, which makes eating them even more gross. I think they they used to previously pee on them, too. Like, way, way back in the day. But I don't want to know, because I'm never going to try it. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. But I am curious to try that, like, I think it's from Canada, actually. That um, Inuit ice cream that is like berries and animal fat churned with snow from the outside. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, but I would definitely try that too. I want to try that. Delicious. That actually sounds delicious. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I'd like to try that. I saw Andrew Zimmern eat that on Bizarre Foods sometime. (laughs) I don't remember what country he was in though. 
I'll have to look it up because if it's if it's in the Yukon, we can also go to Dawson City and do that a uh, sour toe cocktail. Okay, I'm not drinking out of the sour toe thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna. You can do it. I will take pictures, but I'm not doing it. I've got. All right. I've got. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss the toe. Ah, you. You know what? I, that's fine. I'm just not about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get back to it. So our speed eater, he's struggling. <laughs> yeah. He really wants to be the best of the best, and his coach is there for him. We see him at one point in what's like a really important um, competition. He, I guess the Russians picked this because there's like different countries competing there. But they picked some kind of, do you remember what kind of pie it was? It was some kind of meat pie. horse sausage pie. Horse sausage pie. It looks fucking disgusting. And I'm pretty sure his coach said something about if you accidentally swallow a ring or a human tooth, you're done. And I was like, are there rings and human teeth in this pie? What's happening? (laughs) Is it like his teeth and his rings like i was like wait whose ring is it what i'm honestly i'm not sure if that was like a poor translation yeah i'm not sure how good my subtitles were (laughs) yeah mine were hard encoded i couldn't even try to change them in any way yeah same we might have been watching the same version uh probably were they yellow (laughs) big and yellow yes they were we were watching the same version all right, good to know. High five. High five. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not sure about that, but maybe, um, maybe it was just a bad translation. But that was real. That really freaked me out. He's like, he's pulling ahead, like really winning at first, and then he gets lockjaw, and the spoon gets stuck in his fucking mouth, and then he just keels over. Yeah, because he has like a heart attack or something like that. Look, it looks like he had like a triple bypass afterwards. I mean, Jesus, the way he's been eating, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, as soon as he fell down, I was like, oh, he's dead. But then he wasn't. He survived. He wasn't. He was just in the hospital. And, uh, you know, our girl's there with them and everything. And um, we find out that she's preggers. Or was this before their wedding? This is before their wedding, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. reverse those things that we just said, and it doesn't make that big of a difference, honestly. Yeah. But they... Either way, they get married and get pregnant with each other. Yeah, she's pregnant. Now, here's the thing. Is it his baby? Or is it the guy who fucked her on the wedding night? (laughs) Did they both? We never actually find out. We don't know, but presumably they both fucked her on the wedding night. It could be either one of their children. It's a toss-up because it's, it's never really, like, hinted at or anything. So it's just like, it could be his or it could be the other guy's. Yeah. So because um, they're both minor celebrities, because of their their eating capabilities, <laughs> their eating champions, they're invited on this uh, yacht, I guess. Yeah, like a cruise almost. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's on an ocean because it's landlocked. So it's some, I don't know. It's like a yacht on a river or something. I don't know. Or a port. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a lake. But anyway, so they're on this like fancy boat and it's got a, there's like a bunch of diplomats and stuff on board and they've been asked to do a demonstration. So they're both the talent and 
and the the guest. Which, by the way, she's pregnant, and they're having her speed eat roe. 45 kilograms of roe in 20 minutes. Because I remember going, wait, what? Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Mercury levels. That's fucked up to have a pregnant woman speed eat mercury. But don't forget, she was not supposed to be a speed eater while she was pregnant, so they had the doctor lie about her pregnancy, and they called it a cyst. Because if not, she was going to have to go to, like, vegetable wholesale or something, I think it was. That's true, because she is a speed eater for the cannery. Yeah. That's like her sponsor. So they're they're what they were gonna do is just have her like work in the cannery doing veg wholesale vegetables instead of um speed eating anymore because she was pregnant. So they lie, yeah, they lie and say it's a cyst and now she's speed eating fucking caviar. So that's awesome. Nothing. She can't is... figure out why she's getting so sick. <laughs> yeah, and she keeps getting really sick. Wow, I wonder why. Because mm, you're pregnant and you're speed eating. Like you're you're gonna eat a lot as a pregnant person, but you're like definitely not eating the right stuff. Forty-five kilograms of salmon roe. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, put that on a bagel. Forget about it. But. <laughs> Maybe a a California roll, even. (laughs) Ah, yeah, both of those things, as it turns out. Fantastic. Love them. Anyway, it's kind of messed up. Um, But her son comes out, and shockingly, he is small when he comes out. They don't say that he's premature, but they just say that he's on the scrawny side. And then, fabulous transition. Do you remember how this one goes? Would you like to describe it? Oh, I I, I actually cannot (laughs) describe it for me because there's so many that I was like, it's actually not that exciting. It just like fades to, I think it just like either flips again uh, from the hospital to the kid now, or it fades to black. I don't remember exactly what happens, but it's not like super amazing, but it's a, it's a good transition. Still, oh, it's still the transitions in this movie are decent. Yeah, it's, it's still a good transition. It's just not as memorable. Anywho, now our, the little boy that was just born to this competitive eaters is fully grown and he looks sickly anorexically thin very pale and like pallid yeah very very like 19 late 1990s goth yeah except he doesn't really necessarily dress like that or anything but he's very creepy looking and he's a taxidermist by the way yes um he's got his own shop he seems to work alone seems to do pretty well we also learned that he'll do any kind of taxidermy but we'll get into that in a little yeah we'll get into that a little bit later but a guy does come in and it's like, hey, um, I heard I heard I should come to you for this. And he's like, well, what kind of animal is that? Is it domestic or um, exotic? And uh, the like, guy the guy thinks about it and it's like domestic. And he looks shiftily. Yeah. And then the dude looks in looks in the bag, the taxidermist is like, mm, okay, uh, blah 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 blah. I'll have it done by blah blah blah. And then you know the guy leaves. And you're like, can't wait for that checkoff scud to go off. <laughs> Can't wait to find out what that is. (laughs) By the way, this kid's name is Balatoni Lajoska. So the way they do um, names in Hungary is very much like um, Asian names and that the last name comes first. So his name is Lajoska. Uh, Balatoni is his surname, if that wasn't clear from the other people we've talked about. (laughs) 
Um, so anyway, he pretty much lives to take care of his now extremely morbidly obese father. I instantly thought of Pearl from Blade as soon as I saw his father. I thought of Jabba the Hutt. I mean, that's also fair. Or, um... The uh, Lord Harkin from uh, David Lynch's Dune. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Just very, very big and very, very pale. Very big, very pale, very bald, very unsettling. Yeah. Yes. So we see we see Lajoska go to the the store and we discover that he buys the same thing every day at the store. He gets I forget like the exact grammage, but of like do you remember exactly measurements? I think, I think it was eight hundred. Like I literally just watched it yesterday, so it was. I think 800 grams of margarine and yep. then a protein bar of some sort. I think it's a candy bar. And then a lollipop. Yeah, which he gives to the cashier and she always just turns them down. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. But she's she still like, takes it. She does. She takes the lollipop and then she's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's how I, mean, I am as a cashier. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if that guy was hitting on me day in, day out, I might have to say something to my manager. Uh, yeah, yeah. I really like, can I work a different shift? He's in at the same time. <laughs> yeah, he really creeps me out and he's got a thing for me and I, I I don't know. I don't know his mental state. Like I don't mean to be judgmental, but I'm scared. I'm sure he's nice, but I'm uncomfortable and he's not taking no for an answer. Yeah, he's making me uncomfortable. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm invaded yeah. by this creepy guy. Uh, I mean, honestly, his life's really sad and he probably needs someone to throw him a bone because I don't think he has any friends. Like I said, his life seems to revolve around his father, which sucks. So he goes over to Pop's house and gives Pop's the candy bar. And then one of the most, honestly, this is like the most horrific thing to me is what we find yeah. out. So Pop's has three beautiful kitties that live in what looks like a prison jail cell. And um, they don't get let out like ever, it seems. And they are fed fucking margarine because he's making them competitive eater cats. Just, I was like, these beautiful babies. They would have diarrhea all the time. They would be dead by now. There's no, like, I don't know how long they've been. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that, like, he honestly keeps that prison cell very clean because there was not shit splattered everywhere. And there would have been. There would have been. Diarrhea on Any dairy? Oh, any dairy? Oh, no. It's it's a a shit bath downstairs. Cats aren't supposed to have dairy besides the stuff, the milk milk from their mothers when they're kids that's alone oil margarine (laughs) yeah oh my god like i felt so bad for those poor cats and they Uh, i did love how there was that camera trickery to make them actually look bigger than a regular domestic house cat though yes they used uh forced um perspective to make them look larger which was very cool I loved that. I was like, oh, wow, those cats are actually huge. I want those cats. Right? Even if if the ginger cat was super aggressive and violent, like, I don't care. I would take one for the team. (laughs) I've never known an aggressive orange baby. They are the sweetest. I knew one. She was mine. And I just stayed away from her because I was a kid and she was just very grumpy. (laughs) Well, something went wrong. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with that cat, but it, it's she lived a good life. <laughs> I believe you. Anyway, these poor kitties. Um, so him, you know, we see him come back and forth to his dad's a couple of times doing the same thing every day. And his dad provokes him by being like, you know, these are my babies. They're so great. I'm so proud of them. 
but I can't be proud of you, scrawny. You know? Yeah. And he's like pissed. Because you can tell that this is something that's gone on his whole life. And he's just kind of had it with his father. What during what during this fight where they're like arguing, his dad also tells him that he can eat like I don't I don't know like two hundred or three hundred something candy bars in a certain amount of time, but he can eat even more if he eats them with the wrappers on. Yeah, it was like five hundred or something like that per minute. <laughs> if he just swallows them whole, something crazy like that. It's like what the fuck. And he also says, oh, you know, the paper just absorbs. It just finds a place for itself in the body. No, that's not at all how that works. It's not at all how that works. Oh, my God. So basically the the what happens from the fight is he's like oh if you don't you know you don't need me and i'm so worthless then i'm not gonna come back and and take care of you i'm not gonna come back tomorrow you could do this on your own and he's like fine i don't need you i can manage whatever fuck you dad and we noticed that the cage to the cats doesn't latch completely and then he leaves and then a couple of days go by and he comes back and the cats have eaten part of his father and his dad's entrails are like scattered in the cage pops all is, over yep pops is dead as hell and you're like jesus christ i mean good for the cats though they needed meat <laughs> Yeah, because a, a diet of just margarine is no good for a kitty. It's no good for any living living being. Let's get real here. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone carnivorous cats. Jesus Christ. Um, I do feel like it was just the ginger cat because the ginger cat was shown to be the most aggressive and it was the only cat shown to leave. This is true, but I mean, so come I on. Like, I feel like the other two were unfairly killed. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. So he decides, he takes his uh, father and the cats and taxidermies all of them. He, he even says that, I'm going to make you look so good, Papa. He does. Well, he's like stuffing him with hay, I think it was. It was either it was hay. Type of yeah, it was, it looks like very new hay. It wasn't like dried out all the way. It was green. It could have even been some kind of weird fiber. I'm not certain. I've never actually taxidermied myself. I just collect. <laughs> That's fair. I don't have the nerve to do it. No comment. <laughs> Kate could do it. She also worked at a mortuary for a little while. She She's fine with, with that. I'm not. I would faint. I'm just going to be real. I have a weak. I, I'm weak when it comes to stuff like that. Can't do it. I do it for the both of us. That's true. You do it for the both of us. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so that happens, and then he starts, oh, by the way, we do see this before we find out that the dad's dead, but he gets a gym membership and starts getting ripped. And you we can't think, handle me while I'm cutting, you don't deserve me while I'm swole. Yeah, right? So basically, you think at first it's because the dad's like, you know, you're the scrawny wimp or whatever, you think that's why he's doing it. And maybe he is partially, but it's also to serve a bigger purpose, which we see later on after he stuffed Pops and the kitties. And we don't see them in all their glory until the final shot, which I'll explain in a moment. But he has built this almost saw-esque machine that helps him. It pumps him full of preservatives as he and pain meds as he surgically takes out his own organs one by one. And then he sews himself up in a final thing 
and an automated saw fucking takes his head off in one of his arms, and he is now a preserved statue of sorts. It's like, oh my God, I took art history, and I, I, I know I'm going to fuck this up. Michelangelo's David? Almost like David, exactly. Except without a head said, or an arm. I almost said Da Vinci's David. No, 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 it's, it's Michelangelo's. Okay, good. I think. Oh, shit. It's definitely not Da Vinci's, that much I can tell you. Okay, good. Okay, good, because putting shame to all my art teachers right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about movies, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who cares about high school? <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so the dude from earlier, here's that, here's that Chekhov's gun. The guy from earlier comes back to pick up doctor right i think he's a doctor i'm not real sure what he does but he comes back to pick up what he had taxidermy and do you guys it's it's pretty fucked up are you ready it's a tiny aborted fetus that has been preserved in a a, like glass ball that has been turned into a keychain not gonna lie i kind of want one i mean it'd be be neat to keep (laughs) i'm sorry it doesn't have to be a real baby or a fetus or whatever who cares? I mean, you would probably want it to be. <laughs> I turned my own into it. I'm not going to lie. Got to keep your kids close, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sure, man. <laughs> it is- I mean, I'm wearing a Hail Satan t-shirt, so I already know I'm going to hell. Hey, that's, they say that every episode on the last podcast on the left. No shame. Fair, fair. Because Henry's a Satanist. Yeah. Yeah. So... He goes looking around so he can pay uh, our our dear taxidermist here. And that's when he discovers this magnificent work that he's done. And then we pan to a museum and they are on display as art. Our pops who's stuffed to the gills with the, sadly, the taxidermied cats about sitting uh, all together on his- throne, technically. A throne of his belly. He's in a, a, a very festive-looking outfit that makes him look kind of fancy. Wind. Yeah. And then you see the statue, which is uh, uh, the taxidermist's son. And it pans inward and inward and inward into his belly button and goes to black. And that is taxidermia, everybody. And I just, I sat there for a minute while the credits rolled, just soaking in every moment of that movie. It was just such a ride. Such an intense ride. I will post a few um, stills from the film on our Instagram, which is What in the Wild World of Cinema. I We also have a Threads account that I don't use very often, but we'll be more active now that the podcast is actually happening. <laughs> you know, we, we, got our list. Yeah. we got our list. We had to do a soft launch. Um, so Kate, my friend Trent, who has been a guest on both of my other podcasts, loves the movie Haosu, which is on our list. Yes, and I have seen Haosu. Okay, so he loves the movie Haosu so much that he has a scene from it tattooed on his body. I already love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's also a school teacher and a stand-up comedian and has his own horror podcast. He's a renaissance man, that Trent. (laughs) Uh, I already want to be his friend. (laughs) Trent Trent would very much like to be our next guest, or our first guest, and wants to do house suit with us. 
So are you game to do How Sue next? Yes, I just got to give it a rewatch because it's been probably about two or three years since we watched it. It was a really big thing of COVID for us because I was like, Dale, it looks weird and I, I like weird. And he went, I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> I watched How Sue a long time ago in a like binge of a bunch of Asian horror from all over the world. Like, cause I already, we did. <laughs> cause I already really loved Takashi, my, my, uh, however you say his last name. Sorry guys. <laughs> I really love his work and I own audition and I, for, I have for a really long time and I, I love that movie so much. Um, so I just started to get into some other films like Narawi the Curse which is a wild found footage film if you haven't seen it. I think it's on Shutter. It's amazing. You're going to have to like you're going to have to give me these as a list now cuz I want to see these. I mean, we'll probably talk. We'll talk about them. Have you never seen Audition? I actually have to look it up cuz again, I'm in that mindset of I've seen so many movies in the last 5 years because of the pandemic that I'm like, have I seen that? Like I didn't even realize I saw Dead Ringers cuz Olivia was telling me about it and I was like, have I seen Dead Ringers? And I had to go, "Dale, did I see that movie?" And he went, "Yes." We watched it six months ago. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, you can't be Canadian and not have seen at least one Cronenberg movie, right? <laughs> Are you looking it up to see if you've seen it? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, yes, I have. But I watched it a really, really long time ago with my dad, actually. Nice. So I'll have to do a rewatch. So. Because we, oh, wait, is it on, oh, it's on Prime. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that then. I mean, I own a copy, so it won't be hard for me to watch, but, but yeah. Fair. All right, so you heard it first. Our next episode is going to be How Sue. So get ready to go in the Wayback Machine to 1970s, I believe. Uh, Japanese I say 1972, I believe, is when it was done Ooh. it's let's right. play let's play is kate right 1977 Damn it. i was five years off <laughs> i knew it was in the 70s though <laughs> yeah so 70s trippy horror from japan next time beautiful it's yeah you know what we're just starting it off strong with just heavily surrealistic shit <laughs> It's my whole life. I can't help it. <laughs> right. I mean, I get it. I have the cover. I have the artwork from a surrealistic French comedy on my arm. So yeah, which is on our list. It's not on the the the, the uh, list of things that we have both seen. Kate hasn't seen it yet, but we're gonna watch it. Oh, we're gonna watch it. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll see you next time with Trent for Hausu. Yeah. Keep it sleazy and keep it greasy. Yeah.